I have got a word that I believe is from God and Ben asked me to speak, so if you don't like it, blame him. And it's about the Holy Spirit, because we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to pray just before I speak, Hope, and it's, I haven't got much time left, so it's going to have to be quick. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here with us, in us, and this is your temple, each one of us, your church. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would speak the way you want people to hear from you about you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Ben has spoken on the role of the Holy Spirit over the last couple of weeks. I was going to hand out a questionnaire and get you to answer it to see who remembered what he spoke about but that wouldn't be fair so I just want to quickly reflect he talked about the role of the Holy Spirit that it confirms our position as children of God the Holy Spirit convicts of sin the Holy Holy Spirit leads us into truth the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the Christian walk and if you weren't here for that first message or this or the last two I encourage you to have a look on the podcast and learn more about the Holy Spirit. And then last week he talked about uh, how we can walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Get to know your walking partner and let your walking partner lead as you walk with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to walk closely with us and empower us to grow and mature in God. But also... Oh, and also so that we can have a deepening relationship with God and live out what he has called us to do. He wants us to live life to the full. He wants to help us live out what God has called us to do. He is constantly in the process of sanctifying. Sanctification, has anyone heard of that? That is what he's doing. He's making us more and more like Christ. Um. But he is also in the process of showing Christ to the world so that everyone may be saved. It's God's heart that everyone comes into a, 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 a um, saving knowledge and relationship with, with Christ. But he does that through the church, the body of Christ. So we are the body of Christ. You all know that. Here and now, all of us, we are part of his body. Um, collectively, along with every, all the other believers in the world, we make up the body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit lives inside every single Christian. Anyone who's gone, God, I want to follow you, the Holy Spirit comes and makes his home in them. So every little part of this body has the Holy Spirit inside of them. We need to understand that one of the ways the Holy Spirit works here on earth is through us as the body of Christ. One of the crazy things that I think it's important for us to understand about God is that he wants us to be involved in his outworking here on earth In fact, God consistently chooses to work with and through people. Now, I know you've probably never done this, but if I was God, (laughs) I wouldn't use people, maybe a couple, but, but God does. God chooses. He could just do stuff, but he doesn't. He chooses to use 
people right from the beginning of time and he has not changed his method. I want to share with you a verse that has always intrigued me for two reasons. Firstly, because um, Jesus utters it in a moment of strong, loving emotion. It's a cry from his heart for us to do something. And secondly, because my understanding of it throughout my long life uh, has always felt a bit hollow. It left me feeling a bit guilty, like I'd somehow let God down. But I want to share it today because it shows God's great desire for people to know him and grow to maturity in him and for us to be involved in this. It's in Matthew 9. I'll do my clicker. Can I have my message up, please? Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Just pop that up if that's right. Um, I'll start reading it. It'll appear very quickly. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. For my whole life, when I read this scripture, I thought these laborers were were people who led someone into salvation and who prayed the sinner's prayer with them. That is that they were actually involved with the moment a person became a Christian. And this is where I felt I'd let God down because my... I've probably only actually prayed the sinner's prayer through personal relationship uh, with another person probably only twice in my life. But when I was reading this scripture, I believe God has opened it up and there's actually, I think think there's a lot more in it than just that. You see, the word labourer can be translated into field worker and the word harvest can be translated into crop. It, it's meant to symbolise the whole crop growing in the field. And I've realised that to get an empty field to become a crop, because of my uh, uh, huge expertise in the area of crop farming, I can speak on this, um, to get an empty field to become a crop ready for harvest requires a lot of work. In, um, and that in this scripture Jesus is not just talking about the moment a person has a revelation of the gospel but is in fact talking about the whole process of plowing the field sowing the seed watering fertilizing watching over the crop while it matures etc I actually have no idea but there are many stages and tasks needing to be done Not just the act of harvesting, which to be honest, in another parable four chapters over, Jesus tells the disciples that the angels in heaven are the harvesters. In this passage in Matthew 9, I believe Jesus is talking about our role as workers or labourers in the field, our role as active members of the body of Christ. God wants us to be labourers with the Holy Spirit in his harvest field. 
God is working, we, all of us know that, but he wants us to work, to partner with him. And labour is at the least work. And sometimes labour is hard work. Is anyone giving birth to a baby? They, you go into labour, it's hard work, isn't it, ladies? I've lost my place. Um, the very definition of of the word work, whether it's hard work or just work, implies sustained effort. So the Holy Spirit wants to work in, through and with us to bring others into a saving knowledge of Christ and then into maturity as a Christian. This is what the Great Commission is, to go and make disciples of all nations. Um, Jesus' words in Matthew nine imply that just because someone's a Christian doesn't mean they are laboring with the Holy Spirit in the harvest. God needs us. In fact, Jesus tells us to pray that God will stir others, stir us to put our hands up and say, I'll work. I'll labor with you in your harvest. But this is where the Holy Spirit is so incredible because the great thing is God doesn't want us to do this in our own strength or our own ability. Yes, it requires effort and practice. Um, I've lost my place. Effort and sacrifice. But you'll discover it is worth it. And hopefully at the end of today you'll go, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. In fact, in Acts, as Ben has already mentioned I think last week or the week before, um, God tells the believers to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes before they go and start to fulfill this commission, before they go and start this work. He t tells them, commands them to wait for the Holy Spirit before they become laborers in his field. Remember, God empowers and enables us to do things in his strength and power, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So this is where it starts to get exciting because this, I believe, is where the gifts of the Holy Spirit come in. It's like when something just meshes together. Everyone get that? It just meshes together and it fits. This, uh, as I was prepared, as I've been thinking about this, in fact, even before Ben asked me, it just began to fall into place and, and I think it's actually incredible how God wants us to labour, he wants us to reach those who don't know him, he wants us to help to mature others and he gives the church gifts so that we don't have to do it in our own strength and our own ability. Before I give you an overview of what these gifts are, I want to... Um, let you in on something else which I hope will just ignite a fire inside of you. And as I've been realising this next part, it's, it's just incredible. Not only are the gifts of the Holy Spirit his way of working through us, but the other incredible thing about the gifts, which to be honest I'd never known before, these gifts are the expression of God's character. They are the expression of the Holy Spirit. As we outwork these gifts, other people see an actual practical demonstration of the Holy Spirit, of his heart, of his desire, 
his will, the way God does things. They see God. This is the crazy thing. You know, the people of Jesus' day saw the Father in Jesus. Jesus said, if you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. Jesus came as an embodiment of God, God in the flesh. Well, so the people of our day see the Father, see God in our actions when we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They see the very nature of the Trinity. These gifts are the expression of the Holy Spirit in and to the world. They are God outworked to humanity. You know, sometimes I've looked at my gifts as the expression of my character or my talent or my ability, what I've got to offer. But for me, I believe that that's actually a skewed perspective because it's focused on me rather than God and others. You know, the incredible thing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that they are always used to show an expression of God to others and for others. God uses us to express his character to others through the individual gifts he gives us. To serve one another as an act of love, in love. The gifts are for the healthy functioning of the body, to facilitate healing like the human body does, to facilitate growth and learning just like the human body, to nurture, to protect and mature the body. And honestly, I would love to have another hour to just go through all the different healing mechanisms of the human body and how I believe God wants the church to be like that, to come around, to nurture, to love and to help through the Holy Spirit, through his gifts, to bring healing, to bring whatever our need is. That is, what, that is why God gave us the gifts. So what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? There's three different sort of categories and, and um, obviously I could speak for probably another year on the gifts because there's a lot to learn about them. But I'm just going to give you a really quick overview. There's, uh, the, the first category is called the ministry gifts and the best scripture that is Ephesians chapter 4. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. These ministry gifts are usually a vocation. God calls someone to the life of an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. It's usually a full-time undertaking, whether ordained or a lay person, and the purpose is to develop and train to equip the body of Christ. The next category, if you like, is called, that I've picked is the manifestation gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
to one person. The Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So the manifestation gifts are an area that God uses you to build up and edify the body of Christ and further the understanding of the gospel to those who don't know him. These gifts are displayed through a recognized obvious ability in a particular area that is effective and brings a sense of God to a situation. They are the Holy Spirit working supernaturally through someone in a way that is impossible without God right there involved in that situation. And then the last category, which most people are probably a bit more familiar with, is the motivational gifts. These are found in Romans again, Romans chapter 12. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. The motivational gifts are the ability to do certain things well. The source of this ability is God, the Holy Spirit. The way I understand this is God takes what seems to be an innate ability and puts his touch on it, making the outworking of it beautiful and highly effective. And there's a really incredible example of that in the Old Testament when um, God commands Moses to build the temple, the, um, the tent temple, where they have, whoops, <laughs> where he, he um, Moses specifically says, no, God specifically points out people to Moses that he tells him I have given them incredible skill in certain crafts and, and um, certain ability to work with with gold and to make um, the clothing like he's he specifically clearly tells them these people have this ability but I have given it to them and I feel like the motivational gifts are a bit like that it is something that you have an ability in because God has given it to you and then he touches it and just increases it. And as I said earlier, I could spend ages talking about the motivational gift, how you can find yours. But for now, I just wanted to give you an overview and to encourage you to actively, to actually think about what are my gifts? What gifts have you given me, Holy Spirit? And how can I walk with you in that? You know, because we need to remember 
We said the gifts of the ex- are the expression of God to others. An example. God wants to show his people and those who don't know him his mercy because he is a merciful God. Remember, he chooses people. He chooses to speak and to move through people. So he chooses some of his children to give a gift of abundant mercy. Why? Because he wants that Christian to be merciful the way he is merciful. He wants that Christian to show the kind of mercy that God would show. He doesn't, but he doesn't expect that person to to, to do it in their own strength. He gives them that gift. He gives them the gift of mercy. God wants to show his people and the world his generosity. So he chooses specific Christians to give the gift of giving. Why? So they can brag about how much they've been able to give. So others can feel bad because they can't give the same amount. Or to make others feel really bad because they have to be the one who receives rather than the one who gives. No. So that God can show his abundantly generous character and provide the needs of his people and the people around us. That is why he gives the gift of giving in the church. God knows that life is hard filled with a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And God wants to encourage us. He wants to bring us comfort. So he gives the gift of encouragement to some so that these people can focus on encouraging us when we're doing it tough. They can be the voice of God whispering to someone who maybe isn't actively turning to God because it's just really hard right now, but God still wants to remind them of his love so he chooses a person to go to remind them that he cares for them that he's faithful his comfort God takes the time through another person through us to minister and to care for the hurting and the vulnerable in a way that maybe the average person can't sometimes we get distracted by life and God in his mercy wants to remind us to think of him and to remember his ways, his kingdom. So he gives some a prophetic gift, not so that others can revere them or fear them or so that they can get a name for themselves as a prophet or so that they can point out other people's sin and stand in judgment. No, but so the church can redirect their focus if needed to God And that his church can be constantly reminded of God and his ways. God's heart is one of a servant. Jesus came to serve. So God gives the gift of serving to some of his children so that they can serve in a way that shows the heart of God. The humility that does what needs to be done out of love for no other reason than love. Because the fact that there's always manual tasks to be done and that people always need help and there's never enough time or people, he gives the gift for that. He doesn't give the gift of serving so that all the, job, all the jobs are dumped on that one person. But he gives it so they can be an example of Jesus' humble heart and inspire others to do 
the same so that they can show Jesus to the world. God knows that getting a group, a group of people to do stuff requires leadership and organisation. So he gives that gift to some. Not so they can lord it over everyone or boss people around or be at the top of the hierarchical throne, but so they can enable others to fulfil their calling, to live out the mission of the church, to make disciples, so that he can show his leadership style, which is to be a servant. The crazy thing about these about all this is that and this just shows how incredible God is because you know he wants to sanctify us he wants to make us more like Christ so he gives gifts so that we can grow and mature and he wants us to go and make disciples and to share the gospel with the world so he gives us gifts to enable us but he he's so generous that as we live out the gifts he's given us, we feel good. When God works through us, not only do others encounter God, but there is an incredible effect on the individual using their gift. And if nothing else, I hope this inspires you to go from here and go, God, help me know my gift. Give me ability, opportunity. We feel excited. When we operate in our gift, we feel fulfilled. We feel refreshed and regenerated. And I'm not saying this because I've read it in a book. I'm saying this because this is my, my experience and experience of others. We feel valued. When you are working or giving in your gift, you feel valued. You feel inspired. We feel like we're making a difference. We feel empowered. We feel useful. We feel good about ourselves we feel intense thanks and gratitude to God we feel like worshiping and praising him that's what it does when you use your gift and you see that someone else is blessed or encouraged it makes you just want to worship God and we fill our days we find friendships we show love and we feel love in return one of the plagues of our society is loneliness and purposelessness. You find your gift and I promise you, you will find friendship, you will find love, you will find a purpose. We feel like we belong. We know we're part of something bigger than ourselves and we feel gratitude from each other. And the world sees God in action. We see the Holy Spirit in others and in ourselves in the body of Christ. I want to encourage you to use the gifts God has given you. If you're not sure what they are, find out. There's books, there's the internet, there's Ben, there's any of us, there's the person next to you. Talk about it, look into it, read the Bible, there's an option. Don't let anything stop you from allowing the Holy Spirit to use you. Become a labourer in his harvest. I promise you it will change your life. Thank you.